Hi, it's Chelsea, hopping on again to remind our listeners that Quiet Connection is on Patreon. We could really use your support to help us continue creating content and spreading awareness around postpartum mental health. Some things you can expect from our Patreon account are ad-free listening, bonus episodes, and goodies in the mail once a month. Please consider joining. You can find the link on our website or you can visit patreon.com. Thanks so much. Hi, welcome to Quiet Connection, a podcast dedicated to ending the stigma around postpartum mental health. I'm Chelsea. Today, I'm chatting with Rebecca, a mom of two who shares how her journey through parenthood has been impacted by her evolving relationship with her partner. Let's jump right in. Hello. Today I am here with Rebecca. How are you, Rebecca? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm really good. It's great to see you. It's great to see you on this super rainy day, even though like it's stopped a little bit here. Um, yeah, we're supposed to be getting this crazy flooding, but I I think we're we're avoiding it up in my area at least. You've got two kiddos. I sure do. My older is turning five in a few weeks. And then my baby here is five and a half weeks. Months. I mean, months, months. Oh my God. Yep. See, there you go. There you go. That's okay. The brain, the lack of brain power can be real some moments. That's mom brain. Yep. That's, I thought I had an appointment this morning at 8 a.m. that I logged on for and it was like, oh, that's tomorrow. And I was like, oh, cool. Yep. Mom brain. Oh, it happens. Um, so Rebecca and I met through a music class that we took together with our kiddos, and we sat next to each other, and my kiddo was sort of obsessed with staring at your kiddo all the time. And likewise, anytime <laughs> your baby like turned away, my baby was like, what's happening? Why are they ignoring me? And I'm like, girl, girl, we're all under one here. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> Yep. And it's crazy how big they both have gotten in such a short time. I know. It's so sweet. So tell me a little bit about you, who you are. So my name, as you mentioned, is Rebecca, and I'm new to Vermont. Actually, maybe not so much anymore, almost four years in Vermont. So I'm not sure what it means here, but in New York, where I'm from, if you're an outside of New Yorker and you've been there for 10 years, that means you're an official New Yorker. Okay. Um, but I'm not, I think here it's almost like stricter. Like you need to be like 70 years deep to be considered oh, yeah. a Vermonter. Oh yeah. You got to be like generations deep. <laughs> generations deep. So um, anyway, we moved up here four years ago um, for a change of job for both of us, meaning me and my husband. My husband um, was a teacher in the Bronx and then wanted to kind of move into the administrative realm. We were living in a one bedroom apartment with my older daughter and we got some hate mail from neighbors about her not sleeping at night, which <sighs> obviously was talk about postpartum anxiety and all of it. Like I was already sleepless, new mom, one bedroom apartment, you know, complete change of life. And I get this hate mail from our neighbors. And so we're like, we got to go. Like we have to go. Yeah. And so it was just really hard to find the right kind of living accommodations, um, considering I wanted to stay home with my baby for a little bit longer. So we made a joke, like, ha ha ha, like, we're, we're looking so far upstate New York at this point, let's just move to Vermont. And we're like, <laughs> maybe we'll just move to Vermont. Yeah. So my husband found a job in Vermont as a principal of a school. I found a job um, to start when I was ready working in cosmetics, because that's what I did in New York. And it all just kind of aligned nicely. Then COVID hit. And yep. so, of course, you know, everything got weird. My husband had to, like, really switch gears in terms of operating a school. I had to stay home just because of what, you know, the, the nature of my work was. And then my daughter, my older daughter, was home because she was in daycare. The daycare closed. Mm -hmm. So the three of us got really cozy in our apartment in Burlington, bigger apartment than the New York apartment, but still an apartment nonetheless. Decided we need to move once again and bought a house here. And um, yeah, got ourselves a little more space, a little more breathing room. We thought that would be really good for us just um, family-wise and kind of took it from there. At that yeah. point, you know, I think Lily, my older daughter, started going back to daycare at that point. Like, pretty sure they reopened, you know, with like super, you know, I don't know, all those restrictions or whatever. Yeah. And I got pregnant. And we were like so excited and 
you know, it just felt like, okay, everything's going back to normal. Like my daughter's going back to daycare. I think my husband's school had reopened full, full time at that point. I was pregnant. I was back at work, like part-time, like, you know, the hybrid remote in-person situation. And I had a miscarriage and it was the type of miscarriage. All miscarriages are different and hit different and the whole thing. But it was the miscarriage where there was a heartbeat for about 10 weeks. Mm. Very, very weak heartbeat. But, you know, you could see the baby taking form. And then um, we got blood work back at one point And overnight I got the note, like the blood work has dropped, you know, all the things that you look for in the blood work has dropped so much. Like there's not going to be a heartbeat next time you come in. Yeah. And it just crushed me. It crushed me because I fell in love with these little like ultrasound images and little like the little heartbeat that could, and it just made me sad. And I think part of where all this postpartum struggle kicks in is, you know, I had the postpartum anxiety with my daughter, my first daughter, with like the sleepless nights and the worrying about SIDS and all that kind of stuff. And then I started to feel better once we moved and once I got pregnant again. And then the miscarriage happens and I just feel like my husband wasn't as upset about it as I was. Mm. And it all, like the postpartum anxiety for my daughter kind of kicked in really hard again, even though I didn't have a second baby. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. You started getting those feelings back a little bit, even though she wasn't a baby anymore. Exactly. And I just got really sad. I got a little bit like annoyed with my husband. And I understand like he he can't, just like when you have like a healthy full-term pregnancy, they dads kind of don't get there until the baby's born. Mm-hmm. Because how it's hard for them to like, how can they? But he had already had a daughter, you know, we had Lily. And so for him to like not be as devastated as I was kind of just like annoyed me more than hurt me. Yeah. So that's kind of where like my second stage of the postpartum journey kicked in. Then about 10 months later, I got pregnant again. Okay. With this time I had an, and I had another miscarriage. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this, yes. And they called it a, um, a chemical pregnancy. Um, okay. Where it would happen so quick that I never even got a chance to go in for like the, the six weeks scan or whatever. Yeah. And you know, again, I was really sad because, it, you know, even though it was just a very, very short lived pregnancy, I was the only reason I knew is because I was so nauseous. So I like mm-hmm. felt all the early pregnancy things and I'm like, man, I wish I just, Never felt anything. I just thought I had a late period, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So this is like a double whammy back to back. I'm old, right? I'm like not, I'm not (laughs) a- You're not old. Oh, I'm old. I am like (laughs) the advanced maternal age, you know? I hate that term. I hate it. I know. Like I was under 40 and I was still being considered like the geriatric pregnancy, advanced maternal age, the whole thing. So, you know, when when I do the worst thing you could possibly do, which is start to Google- I see that like, yeah, back-to-back miscarriages at your age means like you have very, very low success uh, or chance of success for a third pregnancy or Mm -hmm. or a full-term pregnancy. And I'm like, great. So that made me sad. And again, my husband wasn't as eh, about, you know, wasn't as moved by it or perfect. He seemed to be just like resigned to, okay, one kid. And like, yeah, I can get to that point. But right now I'm kind of just like anxious about my own health. I'm annoyed because I'm not getting the kind of health care I should be getting here in Vermont. When I had the chemical pregnancy miscarriage, they said, well, you know, you can go to urgent care if you really want to, but like, there's really nothing we can do about it because you haven't had an appointment with us for this pregnancy. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, back to back miscarriages at my age. And you're saying don't come in. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. So then I decided to change providers called my new provider and I said, I, you know, I, I didn't get the care I needed in healthcare with my first mm-hmm. provider. What can you do? And they're like, come in. Like, that's crazy that they didn't do the blood work on you the second time. It's crazy that they didn't do X, Y, and Z. We're going to do that. So I went in, they checked me out, they gave me um, all the blood work. And the doctor said, next time I see you, you're going to be pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> what? Now, fast forward like a year and a half, she was my um, attending physician when I was uh, checking out with this baby after I mm-hmm. gave birth to this baby. And I, I don't think she remembered me, but I said to her, you may not remember this, but you said next time you see me, I'll be pregnant. And you were kind of wrong because I just had the baby. <laughs> and she started laughing so hard. She's like, oh my God, that is the funniest thing that's ever said to me, but congratulations. <laughs> so that's kind of my story. 
that's like my very high level pregnancy journeys. When I yeah. got pregnant with Holly, my baby here, that was a total shock. Total because, surprise. Total surprise because, you know, like I said, my husband had already gotten to the, to in his head, hey, we're only having one kid if this is not happening. And I finally got there. I'm like, okay, maybe we have one kid. Let's kind of start, let's like restart our marriage and our, and our relationship and our journey like tonight. Yeah. And so we went out, we had a really good night. We had a lot of fun, a little too much fun, I guess. <laughs> I woke up six weeks later on my 40th birthday without a period, nauseous as hell. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, oh, this, wait a second. Oh my goodness gracious. So I didn't take a pregnancy test on my birthday because I'm like, I want to just enjoy like one last drink just in case. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had, I went out and I had like a delicious beer. Next morning, I wake up, still nauseous, still no period. And I'm like, my husband went to work. My daughter was in school. She went to school that day too. And I'm like, let me just take this pregnancy test in private. Just so no one, I don't want anyone to know I was suspecting anything, you know? Yeah. And so I like take the pregnancy test. I come back into the kitchen, like whatever, clean up, give it the full two minutes it needs to read, to register. And I go back and like, I took the digital pregnancy test because those like line ones. Yeah, I I I don't like, Mm -mm. I can't. No, no, no. And it just glared at me pregnant. And I literally, my, my legs went numb. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Was it like a, oh my God, this is happening? Or like, oh my God, this is happening. <laughs> like- oh my God. I was like in such a state of shock at first and my heart was pounding. And then I was so happy. Oh, okay. Okay. So happy because like, you know, when, you, when you're having sex and you're not using protection of any kind, you know it's a possibility. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but because of, like, just everything that had happened, I just, again, I just kind of, like, put it out of my head that it was ever going to happen. So, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Oh, my God. My knees, my legs go weak. My mom was up from Jersey visiting because it was my 40th birthday, so she wanted to spend it with me. She was in the shower, and I started screaming bloody murder, and she, like... <laughs> She, the poor woman, hops out of the shower with her shower cap on, and she's and like is blind and like can't see anything because she doesn't have her glasses or contacts. Like, What's oh happening? What's God. happening? And like her like towels falling off, and I'm like on the floor in front of her, and I have the pregnancy test. I'm like, I am pregnant. <laughs> she's like, Oh my god! And we were both just like, Oh my god! She goes, Okay, just give me thirty seconds. I'm just gonna shut those shut the shower off. I'll be right there. And so yeah, and so we both um. We both celebrated <laughs> sitting, sitting on my hallway floor. And I think this is when Roe v. Wade was getting overturned. Mm-hmm. And so I said to my mom, in like the matter of 10 seconds, every, every thought floods through my head. I'm like, I have a good feeling about this, but I don't trust it. Mm-hmm. Like, what if there's something wrong with the baby and I don't have the option to, you know, make it my own medical choice with my body because of Roe v. Wade? And, and my mom's like, you just need to slow down for, you just need to slow down. Slow down. <laughs> yeah, like your, your brain went way <laughs> far ahead. Went way far ahead. And I'm like, but you don't understand why. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and that is just, it comes, and everything I've felt for the last few years has come back to like, no one understands why. Mm-hmm. At least no one in my circle, in my family, because they haven't been through this. And so she's just like, take it. She's like, you need to take this one step at a time, one step at a time. Like literally take one, count your 10 steps or 20 steps back to your room to like get changed. Like that's how like much you have to just take it one step at a time. I wanted to do one of those pregnancy reveals for when my husband got home. Yeah. So I hid the pregnancy test in the snack cabinet because that's like the first thing he does when he gets home, obviously, (laughs) like most of us do. And um, he... He's a very calm person to begin with. He doesn't, he's not like me. He's not extroverted and like, ah, he's like definitely more reserved in general. Mm-hmm. And so when he found it, he's like, okay, okay. Oh, <laughs> and he goes, when did this happen? I'm like, well, I found out today. And he's like, well, that I understand. He's like, but when did this happen? And I'm when like, did this happen? do you want me to talk about it in front of my mom? Because <laughs> I can. <laughs> like, she's oh just can. she doesn't care. She's my mom. <laughs> and so that point, you know, he, again, just like a, a, I guess, a typical him or typical man or typical dad, like, isn't so excited. He doesn't give me a hug, doesn't say oh. congratulations, doesn't say I love you. And oh my gosh. that stayed with me. And even my mom said, are you going to give your wife a hug? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, 
because I know he's a good man, I, I try to, with him, write it off to, he just doesn't, he just so doesn't know what to do mm-hmm. versus a lack of love for me. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. And I still know this and I still think about that. And I'm like, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's pretty shitty. Yeah. And and uh, if I think I may have mentioned it to him at one point, and he's just like, I, he's like, I was just so surprised. Like, you know, you didn't. How has this happened? How, you know, like I was such a right. Like shock. it wasn't something that you guys have been like. We're trying for a baby. Oh, yeah. Yes, he like he did. He's like, I didn't even know you were taking a pregnancy test. So the fact that there was even a pregnancy test in the house was like, I'm still trying to catch up to that. And I'm like, all right, well. You know, and maybe this is where social media doesn't do us justice. It's like you sometimes see these um, women show their husband the pregnancy test and the man like picks her up and like swings her around and that whole thing. And I'm like, my husband didn't even like say, like didn't say a thing. So that happened. So then I call my provider and they're like, and I explain to them, I remind them, I'm like, hey, I, I have the geriatric age here and I had two, pre- two you know, pregnancy losses. So they they take me in real quick, and they and, and when I'm in the the waiting room, I'm fine. And then when I get into like the actual sonogram room, I like they said my blood pressure like spiked because then I'm like, uh. oh, yeah. And you know he doesn't hold my hand. Oh my god, he doesn't do much. And I, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna decide again to chalk it up to he just wants to like. Is he thinking through his mind? Let me think about what I'm going to say if there's bad news. Mm. Is he preparing himself for my, for me? So she does it and everything's fine, of course, because here she is. So everything's <laughs> right. fine. And, you know, he's like, great, great. All right, I'm going to go back to work. And I was like, all right, like we may have like a celebratory coffee, lunch, something. Like, yeah, I don't know. Again, it just felt very underwhelming and very just like lack of caring, lack of excitement, lack of like wanting to see me feel right, wanting to see me feel relieved, wanting to see me like feel something good. Uh, It didn't seem like he was excited for me to feel happy. Right. My thought about him not caring if I'm happy is really the, like the core of some of my postpartum like um, reactions in the house, reactions in our marriage and reactions in general. It's a very frustrating place to be in um, yeah. when you think your husband just doesn't either love you enough or doesn't doesn't care if you're happy because you're just a wife and you're just like the person that gets the, the food on the table mm. and you're the person that takes care of the kids and you're the person that nags. So throughout the entire pregnancy, you know, of course, I, I'm anxious the entire time um, because I'm waiting for the worst to happen. I'm yeah. anxious because I have general anxiety like most people do. I'm anxious all of a sudden because there's all these school shootings that are happening and I'm now my daughter's in school and I'm like freaked out about that. So I, I have like all these like horrible like things happening to my unborn child and my child racing through my head constantly. And this is like on top of the fact that my husband not once when he came home from work ever asked me how I was doing. Oh my gosh. Never you weren't asked getting me. you weren't getting that support that you needed from Not him. at all. Not at all. And I I'm, I'm working full time. Ugh. mind you, you yeah know, and not that staying I, we all know staying home is harder than going to work you know staying home with my kids is <laughs> it's much different harder. every it's experience is different yes so I don't want to take that away saying I'm working so I have it hard because I mean I'm home with two kids for one day today and I'm already like oh my god <laughs> but um you know never once said to me like how how was your day pregnancy or not how yeah. was your day at work anything interesting happened how did, did you any any funny stories how are you feeling? How does checking with the checking with your feelings with the baby? None of it never happened. Did that was it like that before you were pregnant, even before you had your first? Yeah. So that's kind of just his personality. He's it's, he's not like a a verbal connector. He is not a verbal connector. He is not. And that's a really good way of putting it, actually, because um, I remember when we were dating and he's and he's not a bad guy. Like, you know, what I mean, like he's he's a good hearted person. I know he lacks that, like, ability to ask how you're doing. Okay. And so we were dating. I think it was like around Christmas time. And I was like, what's your favorite Christmas like tradition or song or whatever? And I was asking him and he was like, oh, I don't know. And he answered the question and he didn't ask it back to me. Mm. And I'm like, isn't that just kind of like how it goes in conversation? Right. Like, I like this. What do you like? Oh, I like that. Oh, how about this? That's how it 
That's literally what conversation means. And he like never asked me back. And then it's huh. other, and that was like the first time I'm like, hmm, like, has this happened before? And I'm like, oh my God, I, I don't think he, I didn't want to say, I don't think he cares, but I'm like, I don't know if he has the ability to like show curiosity about me. Right. Like or, it doesn't occur to him to ask about the other person. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, like maybe like, and then again, I say to myself, all right, well, maybe it's like Christmasy things. Like maybe that's just not like something he <laughs> cares to ask me for, you know? And, and let me just say, you know, he is such a good man in so many ways. Like, mm -hmm. and that's why I married him. Like he is very loyal. He's very dedicated. He over worries about things to make sure that like he can provide for the family or that like he can make sure the kids are safe. Like he's very good. But I think just when it comes to me, he, he like, I'm like the last thing to make to like, to be on his priority list. That's hard. It's hard. So like, so fast forward from that Christmas conversation back to my pregnancy with Holly, you know, never asked how my day was going, never asked how I was feeling with the baby. I would have appointments that he wouldn't go to, which is fine because usually just the like the quick check-ins. Yeah. And he knew it's on the calendar, but like you think he'd send me a like I, I understand you can't pick up the phone in the middle of the workday. I get it. I'm not like that crazy, but like he didn't like text to say, like, how's it how did it go? Are you okay? He wouldn't come home and ask him like I'm like told him like he would come home and not ask. And I'm like, the first thing out of your mouth should have been when you came home, how did your appointment go? Yeah. And if I didn't answer, the second question should be, How did your appointment go? And you take me and you sit down and you hold my hand and you ask me. Instead, you come home and you lay on me the problems that you had at work. Mm. I'd rather me be your sounding board with some of these things and you telling the wrong people these things. You need to let me do this too, or at least show me that you care a little bit about me and not just about you. Yeah. And that's how it feels. Like It didn't you know, feel like a partnership. No. No. It doesn't. And... It's a strange dichotomy because, yeah, how do I put it? I don't want to say I don't think he cares about me because I don't think that's true. Mm -hmm. But I, like I said, I don't think he cares about me as a human, a person enough, like as Rebecca, enough to like show curiosity and show caring about me. I think he just, it was appreciative that I'm here to do yeah. the things that need to be done or that are getting done. And I definitely had some outbursts during my pregnancy at him. And I'm like, you don't know how good you have it. I would say to him, like, you don't know how good you have it. I'm like, what? Tell me one thing that you have to worry about when you walk through these doors or out of these doors. Tell me one thing. You have food in your, you, you know, on the table. You have food in the refrigerator. You have clean, warm towels. You have sheets that get changed. I'm like, what is it that you have to worry about that you can't like show gratitude to me, knowing that I do this for you? Right. Your needs weren't being met. The needs weren't being met. And then obviously when you have children, like that, you, my needs, maybe, well, they're not my, my, like, you know, the needs that like I would like to be met aren't being met. Like we, you need to show up more as a husband, not just as a dad. Yeah. You need to show up more as a husband. And I think that's like the crux of my postpartum issues because, um, my postpartum anxiety with the baby, like in terms of her kicked in pretty quickly after I gave birth. I was panicked about SIDS, like mm. panicked. And I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. I, well, right. I think that's a pretty common one too. I, that I can share. I had that same fear sit with both of my kids because it's so unpredictable. It's so unpredictable. And like you read about it or you see about it. And, you know, these moms seem to have like done the things that we've done, like no smoking, um, sleep on the back, no, no, um, pillows or blankets, the whole, everything that you're supposed to be doing to avoid SIDS, but it happens. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God. And I just like, it would, it just felt like tenfold with Holly versus Lily. And he, and he just didn't seem to have the same stress about it as I did. And I don't know if I was jealous that he wasn't feeling it. Mm. And I'm like, this is really annoying me that I'm feeling this on top of the fact that I feel like pain, like, you know, I'm just like generally like post everything yeah of your body like physically and I'm like god I just got so mad at him for not like having that anxiety or having that that worry right like it was um, so easy for him to just be okay like she's fine yeah and then I'm like you know what maybe that's the kind of support I need 
<laughs> like maybe that's what I need is to see him be like, it's okay. Like it literally is, look at this. It's turned every morning. It's okay. But it didn't come across that way because he didn't take my hand and look at me and say, I love you. You're doing great. It's going to be okay. It's more just him being like the facts running through his head. Like, well, why wouldn't it be okay? Right. Versus the emotional like um, security I may have needed there. Yeah. I just feel like I have three kids and I feel like I'd love it if he'd show a little bit more of himself as a husband versus a dad or mm-hmm. versus, um, a, you know, his what his profession is. Do you feel like like you, you kind of just exist together in the same house? Um, I don't think we're quite there. Yeah. And there's sometimes there's moments where I wish we were there. Yeah. You know, where I'm like, I have no expectations. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for like entertaining the kids and thank you for maybe l- allowing me to run out to the supermarket. Like sometimes I wish I was there and I can just come home and move on with my life. But then there's those wonderful moments we have. Yeah. You know, those great moments where he like it makes me laugh or he does something fun and you know, or we go or we'll, like, we'll drive like if we have one of our moms here that's visiting, like he and I may just drive to pick up food. And those are like some great moments. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm with my husband. And I love that. But, you know, so I don't think we're quite at the, like, the roommate coexisting phase, but I definitely yeah. feel like we're at the, um, you, you are, I always tell him, like, our marriage can't be about the problems that you see and everything, at, like, the, the things that you bring home. Yeah. That can't be our marriage. Like, you know, having this thing happen at work, having this thing happen um, with a friend or, you know, whatever it is. And, like, that, that, that can't, can't be, be our what marriage. it's all about. Yeah. So it sounds like prior to kids there was sort of like hints of this side of his personality where he may not be as like he's definitely not as extroverted as you are and not as like communicative but having kids brought out that side of him a little bit more and whereas you really needed that verbal support and that like physical and verbal connection you weren't getting it do you exactly. still feel that way? Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, he never he doesn't say I love you to me. He doesn't oh say thank you. Um, and I get it. You're not gonna say thank you to every little thing your spouse does, yeah. but you could also yeah. you could say thank you for like a fresh hot meal, cold meal, whatever it is you want kind of meal on the table for dinner every day. You could say thank you for again, the sheets, the towels. So just thinking of the things that I do kind of like on the daily. Yeah. You could say thank you for that. Because I I mean, I say thank you to my mom when she does right, it. Right, right. And it sounds like you've communicated that to him. Yep. Yeah. That's so hard. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. Well, because it's so cliche and I really hate cliches, but I use them all the time. But like being a mom is the hardest job. It is the hardest job. And it doesn't matter if you are a working mom, a stay at home mom. Being a mom is the hardest job. And being a mom and being a partner is so complicated. And you will, you need to feel appreciated and you need to have your cup filled by someone. Exactly. And, and when that someone, when you wish it was your partner and it's not happening, that's, that's so difficult. It's so difficult. And, you know, I try to be sensitive to it, you know, sensitive to who he is as a human. Like if he is just not the kind of person who can do that because he never heard that. Yeah. You know, like that's me. That's a very, that's a very hard nut to crack for me. You know? Yeah. And I asked him, I'm like, can you go to therapy? Can you go? Like, cause I think the things like, you know, it's, it's so layered and complicated. I think some of the things that he's comes home with to me, I'm like, yeah, the story is the story. And the end of the story is okay. Like the person needed to reword the email to me. Okay. That's like the real problem. But all the layers that you add into it are so not about that issue. Right. There's so much about like the the anxiety that you have to my husband, like that you have the anxiety, the distrust, the, I don't know, whatever it is going inside of his head. That's more of the issue that I see. Not that the person didn't word the email correctly or didn't hit send on time. Right. Because who right. cares? Like who cares? We all do that every day at work. We all, <laughs> we all literally mess up all the time. And it's yep. like, okay, that's not a story. That's not a story. Yeah. That's just a thing. So like maybe you need to go to therapy to just sort out whatever is like 
whatever's going on in your brain that's stopping you from being able to like put that story aside and come home happy, ready to have fun and ready to show us love. Right. Like there's, you, there's something going on that you need to sort out to make this all here more fun and better. And a priority. Um, and a priority. And it's, and it's like crazy. No. I'm crazy. And I no. went to therapy. I did um, because of all the postpartum things and because of his behavior. And I'm like, this could be a good modeling opportunity. Right. right. Like, look at, I'm going, I'm going because I recognize that like, because of my postpartum anxiety and the school shooting things that are stressing me out. And like you, my husband, that I, I'm like finding it very hard to communicate. I'm going because I find myself lashing out at everybody in this house. And I know that's not who I am or what I want to be. Right. So let me go try and fix this and try and like figure out why I'm angry or lashing out in this postpartum journey of mine. And maybe you'll do the same. We don't have to go to the same therapist. They usually don't want you to anyway. No. <laughs> because then they're going to like, you know. <laughs> no, that's a conflict of interest. Yeah, start slipping their money. Like, tell them it's his problem. It's his problem. <laughs> oh, my God. So, you know, like I'm saying, this is very layered and complicated and all that. But it's also, um, it's a lot. Uh, and I always <laughs> joke with him. I'm like, if I can't get you to put Breathe Right strips on so you don't snore at night, I'm, I'm sure as hell I'm probably not going to achieve the success and the other things I want you to do. Right. Oh, my God. Snoring. Snoring. That could be its own podcast, right? Oh, yes, it could. My, yeah, my husband just got a CPAP machine because it was so bad. I, I'm, that's the other thing I'm, like, trying to send him to. <laughs> you need to get a sleep study. <laughs> yeah, please do it. Oh, my gosh. How do you think, how do you think that this, the relationship between you and your husband has sort of impacted you as a as a mom, like your ability to, to mom and parent your girls? Um, you know, it's funny. I sometimes feel like if he has a long day or isn't home for the evening, not because he's like, whatever, has plans, is working. I'm almost a better mom mm. because I, my attention, because it's, he's not sucking all of my energy and attention with all of like his anxiety and his like talking and his not even story stories, you know, like his need for attention is gone. Yeah. And so I can actually like, it's a calmer, quieter home. I don't get as worked up because I'm not getting annoyed. The fact that he's not asking questions to us. He's asking his own, he's telling his own stories versus asking us questions about our day. So I'm almost like a better parent. Mm. Do you feel like you connect with the girls a little bit better because Mm -hmm. you're, you're more emotionally available? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I do feel like I'm better. I can connect better to both of them. I mean, Holly, the baby, I mean, she's on my breast all day long. So I'm like, yeah, yeah we're, we're connected. We're good. <laughs> but at least with Lillian, I get, and especially because she's been in daycare or school since we moved here. And, you know, I learn a lot more about her mm-hmm. when we have these like long stretches or moments together. And it's really nice. And we'll have like a meal together. If I put the baby down for a nap or to sleep, Lillian and I will share a meal together. And it's just it like fills my heart so much because we'll have these cute little conversations and, you know, I can see how much she's grown over the last, you know, few months and everything. But then when we have meals with my husband, he dominates the conversation. Mm. His, and he's not, trust me, this guy's not a dominating guy. He's not a machismo guy. He's like, just a, like a, a good, a good kid, you know, from the city, <laughs> yeah. good kid from the city who's got like a lot of something going on and it lacks a lot of, you know, social skills, emotional intelligence, ability to connect with his wife, but he's not doing it because he's like, I'm the man of the house and listen to me. He's doing it because he can't stop himself. And then yeah. I'll say to him, I'm like, you need to ask Lily questions about her day was, you have to do this because she can't sit here and listen to you complain all the time either. Yeah, that's not, good for, that's not good for her emotional growth and her intelligent growth. You know, like you need to ask her questions about her day, and it doesn't matter what question you ask her. I know. I was going to say, what is his relationship like with the girls? They like, are they, of course, they're obsessed with him. Of course, I, know. You know, I feel course. like all kids are obsessed with dad. And I and again, and that goes to like the like you know the the the, the, the dichotomy of everything. It's like he's such a good dad because he is calm and doesn't worry about the things I worry about, mm-hmm. and they probably sense that from him. Like it's easy to just like do things with him because he's not worried in a constant state of worry and anxiety and like stress about what's going to happen to my children. He doesn't worry like I do, so they probably get 
feel that. I'm <laughs> sure they feel that like calmer energy in terms of that space with him. Yeah. But there, they like Lillian is like obsessed. There's like such a tight relationship. Like he puts her to bed every night, you know, and she loves it and they snuggle in bed and like, you know, they pass out together sometimes. So I'm like, you know, and like I said, he's a great dad, but he's not the, he could be a much better husband. So they have a really good relationship with him and the Christmas tree shop is closing, as you know. So I took both the girls the other day to like load up on things. And I know she, I should do that. Oh, you have to do it. it. I mean, I went on Saturday and it was good. And then yesterday when it was like slim pickings, I'm like, oh my Aww. God, it was 24 hours. So on Saturday, Lily goes, mom, she's like, don't worry. We'd like, we'd let, I won't tell dad about this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, thanks Lil. And she's like, cause I know he doesn't like when you, when you get all this stuff. And I'm like, well, Lily, I've never gotten this kind of this much stuff. I'm like, give me a like, come on. So then yesterday morning I hear like go into our room. I heard her go, daddy. Just want to let you know, mommy bought that stuff. I did not. And I was like, oh, first of all, first of all, you ratted on me. Second of all, it's because it's daddy and you want to make sure that you're in the good with daddy. I know how it is. Oh, She's like, gosh. daddy, I did not do this. You, uh, no. <laughs> Lily does no wrong to with daddy. And I was like laughing so hard. And I'm like, great. She sounds so much like my Lily. It's so, so my oldest is named Lily too. And that is so Ma, she would be like, mom. Daddy would be so mad if he knew we went shopping today. Like, well, listen, we're going shopping for things we need. You don't need to worry about daddy freaking out about us going shopping. That's like, what I said. I'm like, this is all stuff that like we need. Like, this isn't like, and like we didn't probably. I'm sure we don't need any of it. But I'm like, this is important. <laughs> this is important stuff. They're going guys. out of business, Lily. Like, you don't it, understand. Yes, I was like, this sweater weather sweater that I'm buying at fifty percent <laughs> off is fifty percent off, and that's why it's okay. And someday you're gonna understand why. <laughs> yes, yeah, right okay. I will pass this down to you. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. That's so, so funny. Oh, I know, right? So they have a so yeah, they have a great relationship with him. He he adores them, even though he says to me sometimes, like, "Well, you wanted them," and I'm like, "Well, f you." Wow, um, that's yes. that's a powerful statement. statement. I know, and I think he just does it like I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he thinks he's being funny. But I say to him, I'm like, like, what does that even mean? Right. Like, what does that even mean? And I and then I shoot it back at him. I'm like, and sorry, this is like totally X-rated. I'm like, well, you came inside of me. What did you think was going to happen? Exactly. Like, you know what the possibility is. That's what happens. You could have made it go somewhere else. Yeah. If like, if you were like that worried about not wanting them, and I know he doesn't mean it in terms of he doesn't love them and doesn't want them around. But I think it's more of like. When he, I think he gets a rise out of seeing me get worked up sometimes about the things mm. that are going on with the kids. And I'm like, well, that's not, that's not nice either. No. To see me like struggling or, or, or if I'm having like the, a moment where I'm not feeling healthy in the head and, and I'm reacting or getting overwhelmed, like that's not funny. Like if I feel my brain on fire, like literally the pain of brain, like my brain being on fire, like you shouldn't be laughing and throwing that shit in my face you should know like, like all right everyone gets a timeout mom gets a timeout kids get a timeout everyone separate come back for you know some iced tea you oh know it, it should be something that's a little bit more like hey let me get some let me be hands-on in a different way because you you don't seem to be in a good spot yeah do you guys watch bluey at your house <sighs> Love yeah, Bluey. Bluey. It just it makes me think of the episode where Chili is like, I just need twenty minutes yes. where nobody is near me, and Bandit like step. Bandit is is what every dad should aspire to be. They really should be. I know. <laughs> I always, Although yeah. I am no Chili, I can tell you that I I am no Chili. But um, it just when you said that, it made me think of. Of Bluey and just and how the girls still like kind of like want to go see her, yeah. Wherever she is, I know. That, yeah, like, I've, that's happened to me where I'm like, I need a rest, and Lillian will be like, okay, you know, the well, okay. Then like I hear like three minutes later, her little steps like coming to look. And there's times where I'm like, go away. Mm-hmm. I have to just say go away. And there's other times where I'm like, oh my god, but she just like, there's so many feelings that she's probably feeling right now. Like it's she, so she, hard to separate what you need from what what your kiddos need. Yeah, and from, exactly from what you feel like you want to give them at the same time. Like, I want to make everything a moment for you, Lily. I want to make mm-hmm. everything a moment. Like, I want to say, "Mommy's okay," if that's what you need to hear, or like, 
you are so cute for wanting to put like be like a, a nurse to want to check in. Like you, that's very cute of you. That's sweet of you. And that's like a, a plus, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm also human and I am the adult in the house. Mm-hmm. So if I say you need to give me space, then you need to give me space. You need to respect that because I'm the mom and the adult. And then you have the guilt yep. for, for wanting the space and, and being stern, you know. No, I can 100% relate. It's it's just it, hard to separate that out. It is. It totally is. And I remember one time, like, when I was much, much younger, like, I don't know how much younger, but I was dating somebody and um, they broke up with me because they brought me to a work event and they said, seeing you at my work event, like, was too much for me. And I was like, what? And so I was telling my sister this and she's like, I think men have the ability to compartmentalize things. Like this bucket's here, this bucket's there, and that bucket's there. We're women. We have so much crossover between our buckets mm-hmm. that like it, it's not hard for us to see how everything has to blend or move together or work together. Men need, sometimes need to have that separation of things. And for that guy, that blending of personal life and work was like too much for him. That's it was interesting. Like, it, was like his, it was like his two buckets colliding, and that wasn't what he wanted at that moment in his life. Now, maybe for another woman, possibly, maybe a different point of his life, possibly. But at that moment, he's he was full-fledged carp- compartmentalized. So I think, like, with me needing the space, but my daughter coming in, it's like, I, I want to compartmentalize. I want to just, like, own my time, but I can't. Mm-mm. And it's, 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 no, it's not a choice sometimes. It's like, I just can't help but let that all kind of just meld together in my brain. Yep. I'm gonna, I have to do it all at once. Whereas my husband would have no problem being like, <laughs> I'm going to sleep through the knocking at the door. Mm-hmm. My husband's the same way. And <laughs> he he talks to me about how he's like, you know what? Sometimes you just got to let her cry. Like when 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 the baby was a little younger, you're like, crying's not going to hurt her. No. And sometimes you just need to put her down and let her cry and walk away. And I can't, I couldn't do that. So hard it's so hard and we're not programmed to do that no really not no and I don't know if it's like this for you but for me this probably has to do with a lot of like healing my own inner child or whatever but like I don't want my kids to grow up and be like my mom wasn't there or like my mom was in her room because my mom was always crying or my mom was always mad right like Yeah. So it's hard because we're being told now, and it's true, we need to take care of ourselves. We can't take care of anyone else if we're not taking care of ourselves. But you have the guilt and the fear of like imparting this this sense of like abandonment on your kids. Yes. Distance, abandonment. Um just because you're walking away doesn't mean you don't love them, but that's how you feel like it's you feel like it's showing that way. And you know, that's like the, um, I could do a whole other podcast about my relationship <laughs> with my, with do- my daughter, Lillian, um, and how I love her more than anything. And I don't want to put her on the school bus next year. Cause I'm so scared. She doesn't get teased because she's a kid and because school buses are like playgrounds can be like yeah. nasty places. Yeah. And you know, the Jersey mom in me is like ready to fight another mom if I had to. Like, I'm like, I'm getting, like, uh, sorry, Holly. I'm like getting myself like worked up in my head already, even here. Like what, like, oh, like don't talk to my kid. Don't look at my kid. Don't touch my kid. Don't mess with my kid. But like, I can be pretty hard on her sometimes. Yeah. I can be like pretty direct or pretty like, I don't say I say mean things to her because they're not mean things, but I'm like, will you stop chewing with your mouth open? Yeah. Or like stop rolling around on the couch. Like stop rolling around. Like just sit on the couch. And like I say it like that. And then I'm like, oh my God, like she's four. Yeah. She's four. Like chill out, Rebecca. Like chill the fuck out. And I can't. No, nope. and, and I it's, can't. It's And I'm so upset that I'm coming across so mad at her because she's the sweetest kid and I'm not mad at it's just that those things like get under my skin oh Rebecca it's like you're it's like you're telling my life right now like it's so just so you know that you're not alone I say that all the time but like I I think that's more common than than we like to tell ourselves because it's the same it's the same thing I don't know how many times a day I say the couch is not a jungle gym the couch is not a jungle gym or like please stop making that screaming noise 
And you can say please as many times as you want before you go, stop making the screaming noise. And then you instantly feel guilty. Like I just yelled at you and that wasn't being a gentle parent. And yes. Yes. So um, my husband doesn't yell like that. No, my husband doesn't yell like that either. Damn it. I'm like, if you're going to get credit for not doing something. And he, you know, then I get, then I get mad at him. You know, the whole cycle again. Like Jesus Christ! Like I'm gonna get lambasted for using a strong, direct tone, and you're gonna be considered a good dad because you put her to bed, right? So we both are the default parent in the relationship. We are the ones that are making the big decisions and planning ahead, and always thinking ten steps ahead of what we need before you leave the house, and. <laughs> and but you see your partner get to be the fun one and get to be the one that they're goofy with and that they're silly with. And it's hard. That's that's so hard. Or to your point, you're thinking test up the head. You're the one who's like a, every little thing you can think of, like put together, pull together before you leave the house. And he says to me, where's my wallet? Yeah. Oh, like, God. I don't know. What's the weather today? And I say to him sometimes, I'm like, you and I have the same exact resource to determine what the weather is going to be today with the same resource. Take your phone out, open the app, look. Yep. Done. What do you think I'm going to do? So I have to do it for you? Look outside. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, God. It's July in Vermont. I'm sure it's going to be warm. <laughs> it might rain. It's probably going to be warm. Like, oh got, my gosh. What should, yes. I, should I wear a jacket? I don't fucking know. Are you go, are you cold? Then put a jacket on. Like, I, what do you want from me? What do you want oh from gosh. me? Because because you're thinking about everything that you need, everything that Holly needs, everything that Lily needs, and you're like, you are an adult. You are an adult, and you can take care of yourself. Please, please take one thing off of my list, please. And you wonder how they can be like good at work. Like, how are you good at work? <laughs> you know, what happens? What flip switches when they leave the house and go to work? I don't. I don't know. I and I mean, it's 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 like we said, this could be a whole other podcast of how we relate to our partners and and things like that, but like it does affect your mental health mm-hmm. and your ability to be there and be present for your family. Like it's I don't know, it's hard, man. Oh, he stand like when he comes home, first thing he does is snack. Starts laying on me like I said all the problems of the day which when I dissect the story I realize our problems are even like great stories. It's just his inability to process it or, or he has to replay it for whatever reason in his head. Mm-hmm. And he'll like be standing in front of like the drawers that I need, right? To mm. then do it. If I'm like preparing dinner and I'm like, and I'll like something I say to him, like, why can't you just be more aware of what's going on right here, right now? Mm-hmm. Like, do you think it's a great idea for you to be stuffing your face with cheese or you're standing in front of my knives? <laughs> for two reasons for two uh, reasons but like like why can't you move because you see i'm trying to now make your next meal and then like i'm mad and i'm, I'm near the knives so like let's let's just rethink this whole layout oh god i'm like uh, like oh my god it's just it's just so infuriating so like yeah and then it impacts my ability to like remain calm or focus on the things that I had, like, my intention for the day was to, like, you know, whatever, like, do X, Y, and Z. And then, like, it all of a sudden, like, screws it up for me. Yeah. Because he triggers something in me that just makes me so, like, angry. And you had and sort it, of – you had mentioned it when we were um, chatting back and forth before this, like, that you had some – maybe some, like, postpartum rage a little bit or, like, anger. Like, do you think yep. – so were you this easy to trigger before you had kids or is it definitely more since having kids? <sighs> and I don't even want to say easy to trigger because these Ooh. are things that I think would trigger anyone, but I maybe think, a bigger reaction. I think I'm easily triggered, um, but in different ways. Okay. Um, my mom said I had like anger issues, anger management issues, not anger issues. She would be like, you need to learn to manage like your reactions. That's what she would say to me. And I, in my mind, I'm like, well, but I thought I felt this feeling and like I, and maybe, you know, at that moment I'm like, but that's how I felt. And I like, I felt like this person needed to see the actual, like what it did to me. Right. Versus like trying to manage it. And she's like, well, 
sometimes, and I think she was doing the right thing by trying to teach me a lesson. Like, you know, sometimes a reaction isn't necessarily the way that you're going to communicate the best way. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you have to take whatever's going inside of you and like, think about like how you really want this person to understand, like really message it the right way versus just reacting. And that would probably be about, I don't know, whatever it was when I was 20 something, 30 something. I don't know, even know. I can't even remember life then. Um, <laughs> but now it's him. Yeah. And his, those things like just laying out, laying the issues on me the second he walks in the door, leaving his shit in the mudroom, leaving Lily's shit in the mudroom when he comes home. Like, no one, like, they don't pack anything. Like, I'm the one who stopped doing all that. That's the stuff that like triggers me. And, um, that's why, like I said, I, why I did seek therapy um, mm -hmm. because I'm like, I can't feel like I'm constantly mad or angry at my husband and my daughter. I can't feel, I, I don't want to feel like that anymore because it's not fun for me. It's not good for me. It actually hurts my brain. Yeah. And um, I don't want that to be, you know, how they think about me as the angry wife, the angry mom. I didn't want that. Do you feel like therapy helped? A little bit. I think, um, I think it allowed me to talk a lot and, and cry a lot. Um, I cried less as each one went on. So that was kind of good, I guess, because yeah. I was able to really just, I guess, connect more and understand more what I was feeling and really almost get to the root of it versus trying to just like release. She said something interesting to me. She's like, cause I was kind of giving the example how he just is like right there in the kitchen with me. Like just, ah, uh, Right yeah. after, and I was getting home from work too. So like I had just had a day and I'm trying to unpack, unwind my own like life. And she's like, I think, he, I'm like, why is he like just annoying? She's like, I think he just thinks he's hanging out with you. I think this is mm. his way of maybe connecting to you. Like, Hey, like we're in the kitchen. This is where we snack and we eat and we make meals and we chat. And, and I'm like, well, then why is he helping? Or why is he following me around the whole house doing this? Because he would do that. Like, I would like be doing, I know I have to put the laundry or not. I have to like put something away. And he'd be following me, constantly talking. She's like, I think he thinks he's like chilling with you. That's his way of, that's his way of connecting with you. Yeah. And I was like, and so when she put it that way, it did help me to become a little less angry about it when he did it. Mm -hmm. But that was very short lived because in my heart of hearts, I'm like, well, he, I do think that's true. It's still not him recognizing that maybe this is not how I feel like chilling right now. Yeah. It's still not him recognizing maybe you could take the stuff out of the wash and hand it to me to put in the dryer. Maybe that would be a good way to help me feel less one sided in this moment, you know? Yeah. So. It, it maybe I just I needed a different kind of therapy because each therapist approaches things very differently, you know. It's true. Um, maybe because she's told me at the beginning, she's like, I don't give homework assignments, I don't give like maybe I, I do need a homework assignment, maybe <laughs> I do, you know what I mean? Maybe I need yeah. like advice or a checklist of things, I don't know. But, um, are you still it, seeing a therapist? No, I stopped like right before I gave birth to Holly because it was like a really bad snowstorm or something, and I was like 38 weeks pregnant, and I was like, I'm, I'm not driving I'm done. this. Yeah. And I, and I told her, I'm like, I don't know when I'll be back because I just don't know how this baby's going to be or how my life is going to be. But um, I'm definitely 100% open to to going back to therapy. I was going to ask that. Do you think you would go back to the same therapist or do you think you'd find someone new? You know, part of me wants to go back because there's the history and, I don't, mm -hmm. you know, um, and maybe now since I've been removed from it a little bit, I can also tell her more about what I need out of therapy. Mm hmm. Because I almost didn't, I knew I needed to go, but I didn't know exactly what to expect or what was, you know, what I was needing to get out of it necessarily. I just knew I needed it. Um, but now I think I, I, I'm much, it'll be much easier for me to ask questions back or tell her what I need back or whatever. Yeah. So I would 100% go back. I'd go back to her. I would love for my husband to go. Yeah. I don't think we need marriage therapy yet, I think, or uh, marriage counseling, relationship counseling. Um, yeah. I think he, I think he needs his own. I really, really do. I, I am a huge, a lot. yeah, I was, I'm a huge, um, if you can't tell from the, from the quiet connection, Facebook page, I am a very big advocate for, for therapy and getting mental health help in general. I think everybody could use a therapist. I don't everybody. care if you, I don't care if you had the most perfect upbringing. I don't care if you live the most perfect life. I think everybody can benefit from therapy. I don't care if you don't believe in therapy. I still yeah. think that you, you could absolutely, I mean, what's the harm? Right. It's just so having, good. Just having a, 
outsider's perspective who has no stake in anything going on in your personal life other than to help you process it. That's Mm -hmm. huge. But then you add in things like, like mental health issues and, and sounds like your husband has some things that he needs to process and he may be using you to process those things. And you don't have you don't have the spoons for that. You don't have the capacity at the end of the day to be that for him. And then you hundred percent. And then it becomes, I am not a woman. I am not Rebecca. Mm. I am your sponge. I am your, just the person that's here to do the things that help you get through the day. Right. And that, and that, while I understand that's definitely part of a relationship and part of marriage that can, and I've said to him and I just said it before, that cannot be what our marriage is. Right. It can't, can't be just that. It. it can't be just that. It ha- like it has to be more. It has to we have to have some fun. We yeah. Have, you know, I mean, his mom was here last week. Another podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> Another podcast about mother-in-laws, yes. Um, and you know, I was telling we were sitting here chit-chatting, and I said to them, I'm like, oh, you know, my sister and her husband. That we have, we both have children of similar in age. They're all like just maybe five years apart from the youngest to the oldest, right? And I'm like, we all want to take, uh, my sister and I were talking about how the two couples to take a trip together in like a couple of years, just somewhere fun and nice because, uh, you know, for my five year anniversary and my 40th birthday, I was pregnant. So that like nixed all the plans that we were going to do. <laughs> yeah. And then actually, I was pregnant with Lily at my wedding. I was like a week and a half or two weeks pregnant, like, newly, <laughs> newly pregnant. And so I like, Miss my, I mean, we went on our honeymoon, we went to Paris on our honeymoon, but I couldn't eat the cheese, drink the wine, do oh. nothing. So we were kind of joking around, like, we need to like plan something where I'm not pregnant so I can enjoy like all the milestones I missed and just take a vacation because we haven't been on vacation. So once you're a parent, you, ha- you know, it's very hard to, to yeah. do all those things. Anyway, my sister and I were talking about it and how the big plan was all four kids will stay at my sister's house in Jersey and all of the in laws. Or the grandma, grandparents will come and take turns spending a day with them. Yeah. That way we can maybe take like a three or four day vacation. So I said it in front of my husband and his mom last week and they like put the kibosh on it so fast. They're like, well, your mom's going to be too overwhelmed to do it. And, you know, they're going to be too young for us to go. Why would we think of it? And I'm like, why can't you find the fun in this? Yeah. Like, how, like, like find this, be, be in this moment with me. Like, what's wrong with that, with you coming to watch the kids for a day? What's wrong with us going on a vacation somewhere fun? Like, why are you always making this, this like gloom and doom, terrible, like, I was like, you literally just sucked the fun and the joy mm. and what's meant to be living out of this room. Yeah. You literally sucked that out of the room. So then I said to myself, Huh. So maybe this is a passed down trait. Right. Right. Maybe maybe I'm witnessing the link that I've been like, what the hell is going on here? Maybe your mom is so doom and gloom and wants to find a problem in everything. And that's how you are. It's a Mm -hmm. learned behavior. That fun nature versus nurture thing. I'm like, okay, sorry. Like, I'll put this like fun trip to the Bahamas on the back burner. That you know, I thought it'd just be a fun dinner conversation at the le- at the most, or at the least, or whatever. You know. Yeah, and you weren't even saying like, let's go next week. You're like, in a couple of years. I'm like, I'm fully aware that Holly is like living on my breast right now. I'm right. Fully aware of that. Right. I think I don't know these things. Ay ay ay. I know. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh. So throughout this, you've sort of mentioned in a couple of different ways that like your husband, like he didn't share your excitement in the in the pregnancies and he didn't necessarily like share your worries when the babies were newborns and stuff. I don't know if that speaks to like to his idea of what parenthood would be, but like I'm curious, like, did you always picture yourself as a mom? and? And so did you go into this having certain expectations of what that would look like? That's a really good question. I would say becoming a mom wasn't on my short list of things. No? No. Okay. Um, because I don't know, like, I'm not a, I'm a fun person in terms of adult things, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I'm not fun in terms of kid things. Like, I don't know. Like, you want me to – I don't play with my kids. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll set things up for them yes, to do. Yes, yes. 
but I don't, I'm not getting on the floor and playing Barbies with you. I am absolutely not playing Barbies. I'm not doing it right there I'll, with I'll you. I'll color because the color to me is a form of therapy and we're all quiet and there's nothing I have to like do besides <laughs> color. So because I like, I'm not into kid things, I never kind of like got excited about having kids. Um, but when I got pregnant with Lillian, I was like full in, mm-hmm. like never, I was so shocked, of course. Cause I was like not yet married. I was like just planning this like beautiful wedding. And then I'm like, Oh my God, I'm pregnant. But like, I was so happy. I could, I like, there's nothing else. I felt like no excitement. I had more than that. Um, but I guess the expectations were there in terms of, and especially maybe because also like we were, we were getting married. Mm-hmm. And so we had like, you know, I was like ready to have a journey with a partner in all ways. And so I guess the expectation was there that, you know, you're going to share the joy that we've had planning this wedding, share the joy that we've had dating, share the joy that we've had doing the other things that just came our way with travel. Like I thought it'd be just as much of a shared excitement and journey there. Right. So I guess I did have that expectation because that's what our life was already mm-hmm. in the other ways. But he, he sort of came at it a little differently than you expected. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I shouldn't be too surprised. Um, hindsight, 2020, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, because, you know, he told me his grandmother who really raised him was the only person who ever showed him true love mm. in his life. Um, his dad died when he was eight. His mom's the tough cookie. Um, but his grandmother gave him this like un like undeniable amount of love, and I think she's the only one who said I love you to him on like a regular basis. Oh wow! So, and while you should get that from your grandparents, you should get that from your parents mm-hmm. tenfold, in my opinion. Um, the best way they can, that they can. So maybe it shouldn't be a complete shock to me that he isn't he like he didn't see it in his own house as right the, as the uh, family unit you know what i mean yeah um so maybe I, i'm like uh, i'm having that like oh duh moment like how <laughs> how could he you know how could he do that when he never saw it happen right. with a mom and a dad and siblings how could he right that makes a lot of sense and like honestly when i hear he and his mom I'm, I'm, we've been together for 10 years at this point when i or seven i don't know enough long enough right <laughs> Yes. Where I totally, I see the family dynamic. Literally every time they're on the phone, they've never said, I love you. Mm. He and his mom. And meanwhile, like, don't even ask what my family is like. And we're, above, I mean, there's, that's a whole nother like <laughs> bag to unpack. But like, I, I say, I love you to my parents. Right. They say, it's I a love very you to me. different, like, it's a very different dynamic. Like, I've never heard, never heard it to, mm. on either side, him to her, her to him. Never. Wow. So maybe this shouldn't come as a complete shock to me, the behavior, um, because he's, like I said, he, it was never displayed for him. So how would he know to do it? But, but you're a grown ass man (laughs) and you know, family say, I love you. Yes. And you, and you are communicating to him that that is something that you need. Exactly. Exactly. And like now, now I'm your family and this is how we work in this family. Right. Absolutely. All right. So I have one final question. Mm-hmm. And this is this one always is a little bit complicated. <laughs> if you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing to prepare yourself for what your parenting journey was going to be like, what would you tell yourself? Oh, man, that is hard. Yeah. I think it's the cliche, you know, we don't love the cliches that like, it's the longest, hardest, most rewarding, fulfilling thing you'll ever do. Mm -hmm. You will, you will see parts of you that you wish you didn't know. And so be prepared for that. Yeah. Do you think that's okay though? I think it's okay. Yeah. I do think it's okay because it's there. Mm -hmm. It's under the surface. So why shouldn't you know about that? Why shouldn't you be in touch with that? Why shouldn't you have that, you know, that relationship with yourself if you need it? Yeah. If it's going to be there anyway. I I really like that. I like that. You're telling yourself that there are going to be 
things that you may not like to see or things that you that you don't expect to see, but it's okay because it's part of the journey. Part of the journey. And it's it's there. It's always there. It's just that being the parent, being a parent, you know, it forces you to bring that to the surface, above the surface versus just under the surface the whole time. Yeah. I like it. Well, you are an awesome mom. I love how flexible you've been through this whole thing and through scheduling and just through, honest to God, I could not, like, you're like eating and nursing and holding and bouncing. And I am so bad at multitasking like that. So like, I have to have someone watch my children when I do these podcast recordings. So you are, you are a badass mama. I am so glad that Kinder Music brought us together. Yeah. And that you um, chose to share your story here. I definitely know that people are going to connect with it because I certainly connected with it. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you so much. And it was it was a joy. And thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for offering this platform for all of us. It's It's so needed and so helpful and safe. And I love it. And thank you. Thanks again to Rebecca for sharing her story. If you want to follow along with us on Quiet Connection, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads at Quiet Connection or at Quiet Connection Podcast. A great way to show your support for our community is to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or consider sharing our episodes through your social media. You can now consider becoming a Patreon member as well and gain access to things like bonus episodes, ad-free listening, and monthly goodies in the mail. And if you'd like to share your personal story, you can reach us through our website, quietconnectionpodcast.com, or by email at quietconnectionppmh at gmail.com. Join us next time, where another story is told, and you realize you are not alone. I see you.